welcome to the Training Today podcast. This week we're talking with Aid and Fran about how to stay motivated and how to keep your training on track. So, you know, what, what is motivation really and why do we need it? How, as a coach, would you keep your athletes motivated and how, as individuals, do we also stay motivated? And it's particularly um, relevant, I think, for obviously from the last year or so because of covid because of all the unique challenges there. Personally, myself, I've really sort of struggled to stay motivated in terms of keeping a training plan together because there's just been no events and nothing for me to target. Um, Everything I booked was just gradually cancelled one by one. Um, And this, you know, that's still a certain certain amount of questions on on events this year, potentially. Although I've definitely got something booked now. Um, Pools closed, lakes are closed, gyms were closed. Um, I was lucky because I had a fair amount of stuff I could use in the garage to, to, to still exercise and still keep fit. That wasn't the problem. The problem was having the motivation to, to go for it. Um, but even in normal times, isn't it, motivation is just as important and it just can be just as hard to stay motivated throughout a programme. So the first question really is just what do we mean, though, by motivation? And I looked this up in the dictionary and it said it was the desire and willingness to do something which is, you know, which seems, if you follow that to its end, if you haven't got motivation, obviously you're not going to do anything. And that means, you know, even if you've entered an event without a motivation to get trained for it, you probably at some point just give up and say, I can't be bothered. And I'm sure there's quite a lot of people who do that. You know, that's why we have defer- deferments, isn't it? In Ironman or a, a marathon and so on, when people can defer it for a year because they weren't motivated to get the training done, potentially. Were part of the reason. What 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 would them um, what would you both say in terms of that in terms of just generally what is motivation you know and in your experience what causes uh, motivation to drop with athletes that you work with? Do you want me to kick off, Aid? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you're right. But you can you can take that a step further. There, there are kind of four types of motivation. Um, you've got your intrinsic motivation, which is, you know, if you have that internal purpose, that drive, that inspiration, it could be to achieve a medal, could be anything. Um, you also have a kind of extrinsic motivation, which is the outside influences drive your motivation. Something externally is, is pushing you forward all the time. Um, then you can have a kind of interjected uh, motivation, which is internalised. So, uh, for example, you'd feel guilty if you don't train. So you train every day because otherwise you feel bad if you don't do that. So that keeps you kind of going yeah. day on and day off. Um, and then you kind of have an identified motivation. So you know actions need to be taken. Um, now, you, you could procrastinate and procrastinate and procrastinate, but at the end of the day, you know you need to do it. Uh, There are athletes that definitely fall into that category. There are athletes that have that natural internal purpose and drive. And and those athletes that have that intrinsic motivation are possibly the easier to sustain their motivation, especially in times like this, because, you know, whether or not they can get to the swimming pool, they still have that purpose, that internal desire to succeed. Um, when, When other factors start playing into it, so maybe it's not so much that, maybe it's extrinsic, maybe it's interjected, then when their kind of normal routine and, and certain yeah. things get taken away, they find it harder and harder to sustain that. And and getting them to think about getting your own athletes or just posing the question to any athlete is what, what is it that drives you? 
is almost the first step on on helping them to sustain that motivation and helping to improve their motivation to yeah. go forward, especially when the building blocks are taken away from under their feet as they are at the yeah. moment. And you were saying you know, a lot of people don't really know that. No, you know, no, they don't. They don't really it's, think about it's, it. No, it's not until you pose the question, they kind of go, oh, I hadn't really thought about what is driving yeah. my motivation. And quite often it's a number of them. So, you know, yeah. they do have that internal desire and purpose, but you take the swimming away and that that goes out the window. So yeah. unless they've got kind of more than one kind of reason, belief for doing it, as soon as routine is is disrupted, and it could be because of COVID, it could be because of injury, could yeah. be could be any reason. Then 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 if that structure kind of suddenly breaks down, it's very hard to sustain that motivation. Yeah. And it's easy to become demotivated. I mean, there's also it just struck me as well. There's also sort of time. There's type, uh, types of motivation in terms of you know when it happens. There's, 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 often you hear people say it's just getting out the door. Yeah. You know, there's, a, there's that motivation just to get changed and step out the doors. And that can be a big barrier, can't it? Because if you don't... And once you do that, a lot of you know, common comment is, yeah, it was great once I got out there, sort of thing. How do you defeat that? I mean, what I've personally done when I've not felt like I wanted to get ready is often said, well, I'll, in my mind, I say to myself, I'll do a third, see how I feel. And then, you know, then usually just it's fine by then yeah, so yeah. you carry on that's so helped me a bit yeah so you'll get so what you've done there is you're giving yourself little short-term goals and rewards yeah so yes. kind of extrinsic extrinsic rewards are really really useful for that so oh, yeah. i'm just going to get to 2k actually i yeah. might get to 4k now i'm going to get to yeah. 6k that yeah. really helps music motivational music that can that can really yes. help boost people yeah positive self-talk imagery yeah all those yeah. kind of things can really help motivate people. Um, gadgets, and, gadgets help me as well. But new yeah. bit of tech, I've got to test that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. that's an expensive way of staying motivated. But if I've got a new bit of tech, I can. I, I, there's work for me. Yeah. How do you I, use um, it? How do you use it to sustain your motivation? What is it? You well, use I think it's gadgets? more. I think it's just like, oh, this is going to give me an insight or some more information, or just going to be cool to use. And it just that will that's just that initial bit like let's get get going. It would be like, oh, can't wait to try that out. It's that sort of thing, I think. It could even be and that's just gadgets actually, you know, just some new gear to that I'm wearing. So um, you know, will those Nike five percent things really give me maybe five percent faster? That, <laughs> could, not, that could become but... a very expensive way of sustaining your motivation. <laughs> well welcome <laughs> welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, that's I, um, not ideal. I think just to add to that thing about you know how getting out the door, yeah. I think for some people that, that it's almost about going back to reflecting on your own um, practice is going is thinking about this kind of autopilot mode that you can develop as a as an athlete, yeah. which is you don't you almost don't think about the bigger goal or the bigger thing that you're looking for. You start thinking just about the process and what you're trying to achieve. And yeah. I really like the, I think it was. Um, Chrissy Wellington in her book um, spoke about um, coming onto the marathon at Kona and actually um, the, the most defeating thing, I think she, it was a not, an, a, a one of the times or the time when she came onto the marathon not in the lead or not close to the lead. And one of the most defeating things about that is this idea of thinking I've got 26 point whatever it is miles to run and actually breaking it down into these really small bits of let's run to the next lamppost let's run to the next table let's run to this yeah um, and 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 being able to focus just on that 
and I think that applies in this scenario as well. Yeah. Um, because you know, if you can break it down into tiny bits, just one thing to focus on, process. That's yeah. what you. That's what your goal is. And so, I mean, it's almost like having the structured plan as well, isn't it? Because it, you throw away the thought, the bigger thought. If you've got less thoughts around what you're doing, because somebody else has planned, or it's been planned for you, or you're just thinking on something small, it's easier to think you can achieve it. So I think like with structured plan, in, in a way, when you've got, you've got that, and you've, you know what you're going to do today, um, and you just go and do it without any thought, really. You just enjoy doing it. That's different from trying to be motivated yourself without a plan to think, oh, what am I going to do today? How am I going to achieve my long-term goal in, in some way? It's that, yeah, so it gives yeah. you a little micro steps, doesn't it? So each session yeah. is a micro step and an achievable micro step. And this thing about executing that session to the purpose of the session is really key because that makes yeah. you feel good. And, yeah. if, and, and that's a positive reaffirmation of what you're actually yeah. trying to achieve. So that, yeah, definitely, I think that's a really good point. I mean, without um, mentioning names, have you got any examples of athletes who've struggled and with motivation and you've managed to find a way through or, um, or the opposite? Uh, well, it's interesting. We've kind of had both. So we, we, we have athletes who, who to sustain their motivation, have very much gone down the um, virtual racing right. um, and, and have used those as set targets and, and have identified within themselves that without that, they would lose their motivation. So they need that as a target to drive their motivation, uh, to drive themselves out the door, as it were. Um, yeah. so, so have used those as goals. Um, but then, then we have, you know, other athletes who actually that 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 if if you got them to sign up to do one of those, that it would also it would almost demotivate them. Yeah. Because because they need the environment, they need the atmosphere of proper racing to actually get that extra edge. Yeah. Um so so it would be the wrong thing to do for them. Um and I think and I think for those athletes it's about finding out what, what they really love and what they really enjoy in their training. Yeah. And to work with that, and and to incorporate as much as that as possible, you know. Yeah. And 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 as as Aid said, it's about the process. What other impacts, you know, and what other areas can we focus on with those uh, with those athletes to help them, you know, get to that final point, get them out the door. And it could be are they getting enough sleep? It could be to do with nutrition. It could be absolutely yeah. anything. Um, yeah. And and and. A lot of it is about communication. It's just about talking to them. How are you doing? Are you going to be able to do that set? And and setting those small baby steps in motion to help them do whatever it is they want to do. Um, yeah. and, and also constantly reminding them about what they can control rather than thinking about and focusing on what they can't control. Because so many yeah. of them, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't go swimming. Uh, you know, and, and they forget what they still can do. So it's trying to trying to shift the negatives into the positives yeah yeah and i was thinking just um chris hoy, hoy. hoy. Mm. yeah right yeah i saw chris hoy talk once about his uh i think it was, might have been his first olympics or his first world championship and it was very much he, he had it was he was talking about um uh is it steve peters the psych the sports psychologist he wrote, um, have you seen that? Is it him? Who wrote uh, the, uh, oh, I can't remember. Anyway, he, he was talking about this, that employed a sports psychologist to help with motivation, to help with dealing with like the big race events. 
And he'd come up to him and said, um, you know, wh- how would you feel? Well, first of all, Chris said, Hoy said that he thought it was a bit strange that they'd got a psychologist. But it wasn't for him. He was on the top of his form. He was doing great. And he felt very motivated. And, and the, the guy said to him, but what, how would you feel is, if just before you got onto the track, uh, your world record, you found out your world record was broken. Somebody got a better time than you in the previous heat or something. And Chris Hoy said, uh, well, you know, he said, I've, I've said I'd be fine. It's just, you know, they've, they've done they've done that, but, you know, I've been training well, I'll be fine. And he said he went away and he thought, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be fine. <laughs> he said he would probably <laughs> knock me back. And so then he went back and he said, you're right. That was a good, you know, really good question. And I, you know, I'm not sure how I'd be able to deal with it. And so the whole psychology bit after that was like how to just focus on the things that they, he, exactly what you said, how can you focus on the things you can control and ignore the things you can't control. And said when he came around to, to do the race, which he won, you know, he, he knew exactly what his plan was. He knew exactly what he could achieve. And it was really just executing the plan, plan and not necessarily racing. It was almost like his out-of-body experience, he said, because he just had this plan to follow. He knew exactly what his capabilities were and what he had to hit to be able to win. But it just, I, you just reminded me when you said that idea about, you know, you focus on the things you can change and uh, you can control and not the things you uh, you can't, which is, uh, you know, not always easy to do, is it? I think it is. Goes, and, and that's where having a plan uh, is really, really important. Um, yeah. You know, and, and your example there is a brilliant example, uh, you know, when it actually does come to racing. Um, you know, it's so easy for that little negative talk on one shoulder to go, oh, well, you know, this isn't going well, that isn't going well, that yeah. person's running faster than you or whatever. Uh, rather, than, But if you go into it, as you said, with a plan, so you don't even think about it, you just think about the plan, right, I've got to that point, I need to do this now, I've got to that point, I need to do this then. And you were just totally focused on you, nobody else, just you, that, that will be when you race the best, absolutely. Yeah. And the other point I was going to, sorry. I was just going to say that also applies to a training plan. So the key thing is that, you you know, um, that all sessions have a purpose. And one of the, one of the things that people fall into the trap of, if they don't follow some sort of structure in their training is everything becomes a one, one level exercise regime. And actually, um, if you, you know, if you, if you're able to get your motivation into a position where you're thinking every single session has a purpose, and the execution of that session is the success. So if you execute a very easy run, keeping your heart rate below zone two, um, then then that's just as successful as when you you know uh, make some new one uh, k PBs in a in a threshold. Yeah. So you know they, that's that's um, that's important. That purpose thing is so important. I think. Yeah. And then the other thing I was just thinking about was the yeah just understanding your condition and your capability isn't it so which sort of brings us to the app a little bit but you can be demotivated if you don't understand why you're not performing well would that would that be a reasonable thing to say do you think so you, you know you go out and you you think oh that session was terrible but you're not looking at the fact that you haven't you know hy- uh, hydrated properly and you haven't you, you were out last night or something i mean i i do see this and you know i go running with my daughter who uh, occasionally and um, certain friends who aren't necessarily going for, towards events and they will say uh you know oh, God, i don't know what was up with me today and i say well what did you do last night well yeah we went out for a few beers and a 
Bakuian Dada Lake novels. <laughs> not, maybe not as obvious, but you know, that's, uh, that's, people don't necessarily make that connection. And certainly with hydration, absolutely not. I mean, actually, the first, I did a marathon with Becky, um, or was it the half marathon? I think we did the Red in Half marathon. Oh, no, it wasn't. No, it was the, it was the Wales marathon, which was the first marathon she did. You know, the, the one in Tenby, which is pretty hilly, right? And, it's, yeah. and that, was, that was the third day of my first time I'd completed the long course weekend, which is the, like the Ironman over three days. Um, so I was doing the three days, and she was doing uh, just the marathon. Um, but and but she did very very very. I mean, she was twenty one, I think, at the time. She did very little training. She'd done a few five k's basically, <laughs> and uh, but you know, it was like, oh, I don't know why I'm struggling. And so it was one of the training, but two also she'd been out on the Wednesday before, and it was the end of a sort of. She's in film and she and TV, and she they'd had a big party because they'd finished filming this thing that they were going to film. So even like that far out, I think she hadn't really got prepared at all for the marathon and so she she struggled she actually managed to do it and um, which was amazing but um but didn't have any sort of feeling of you know realization of what her condition was or training with yeah, for that but maybe that's a fairly um unique sort of example but but you know there's people who are are doing events all the time who don't necessarily have structured training or, and don't have certainly don't have coaches who just go for it and don't understand what their condition is and could be demotivated to to continue because of that does that make sense am i making much any sense there yeah i think so um and i, I think uh you know what you you mentioned the app as well at the start of that um yeah. and you're absolutely right that people don't necessarily understand the impacts um like uh covid stress um, yeah. lack of sleep have on the body yeah um you know you you can think you're sleeping well but actually you're sleeping quite lightly and you don't yeah. you could think that actually do you know none of this is stressing me out at all and I'm absolutely fine but that underlying there is something yeah. that's disturbing you and having an app that says actually do you know what you're pretty run down tomorrow this morning go out yeah. and take this easy sometimes you can go out I mean I know I have I've gone out the door and thought, actually, I feel fine. And then 10 minutes in, I thought, you know what, it's right. I'm, I'm not right. I don't feel great. <laughs> um, and then actually, you know, it, it, it's it's obvious because you're not sleeping. Your cortisol levels are high. Your body's having to work really hard yeah. to try and get those cortisol levels down. And then if you go out and try and kill yourself in a hard interval session, all you're going to do is make yourself ill. Yeah. And having those little indicators that sometimes rein you back in and pull you in and go, do you know what, actually... It's not me. This is telling me I need to take a rest as well. I'm not showing weakness here. This is yeah. actually telling me that that I need to go out and just take it a little bit lighter or take it a little bit easier. Yeah, it's brilliant because then actually in the long run, hopefully you can then be more consistent with your training. And yeah. if you're more consistent with your training, you'll feel better. You'll yeah. develop more. You know, you'll become more motivated because you're getting out more. Yeah, and you won't get ill. Where if you yeah. try and keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it on a tired and fatigued body, you'll get ill, you'll miss your training. That will end up with demotivation and it can end up being a downward spiral. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Would you uh, add anything to that? Uh, no, uh, yeah, I would just absolutely completely agree. And I think the, um, you know, the biggest, the biggest um, disruptor to, a, to your training towards an event or your training towards anything is going to be injury and illness. So, so anything that can help prevent that is is clearly um, a major, major, major boost yeah. for that purpose. Consistency is key. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember that that's one of the first things I heard about when I first started training for triathlon. Yeah, you know, it's all about consistency. Yeah. The other, the um, other thing that I think Fran mentioned then is 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 this idea that everybody's different. So some people are um, some people are always as good as their best five k time. So that's me. I, I sit in that category. So basically, um, um, I'm a I'm an all sunshine person when it comes to um, triathlon. So I, I I even though my five k best was some years ago now, I still believe yeah. that's how fast I can run. Whereas other people are <laughs> irrelevant of their enormous trophy cabinet, only as good as their last um, session, which might yeah. have been a, a, a supposed to be an easy run. So, you, you know, the, the, the difference of the, in the way that people approach and view their sport is, is, um, is huge. And, 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 you know, any, any extra information that can give reason behind the numbers that you see is, is always really useful. Yeah. So if we were trying to summarise and say what can an athlete do to keep themselves motivated i've put i've just put a few points here that i've picked up from what we said ask yourself well ask yourself first of all what motivates you and maybe take time to write that down understand your conditions on a daily basis or you know what you you're prepared to do and have a plan you know towards your goal does that about summarize it or we've got something else you'd add to that yeah, it's a simple uh, way. With, with your goal setting is really important. Um, they can be long, they can be short, they they, they can be anything, apps anything from from I'm just going to get up at seven thirty in the morning to do my training. That's a goal if if you keep yeah. sleeping through your alarm clock. Um, uh, we also kind of mentioned you know the importance of feedback and having you know that could be feedback from family, feedback from your watch doesn't really matter, but having that support and feedback is really important. Um, and I think we also mentioned, you know, you actually, you mentioned at the start about extrinsic rewards. Yeah. So, you know, you, you kind of set yourself <laughs> little, little, yes. little goals or little rewards for doing it. Maybe it's yeah. a pizza and a glass of wine or, or yeah. maybe it's something else. But it, but it all helps, um, yeah. you know, and positive self-talk, things like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with all of that. Now I'm going to put it into action, smash my... <laughs> Without falling off for that Heber Castle. Sorry. Um, no, that's brilliant. Uh, so I think that's. Is there anything else to, to add, Aid, or mention? No, I think. I, well, we might have some more time to talk about this another time. I think probably. Yeah, it's quite a big topic. Yeah, isn't it? it is. Yeah, and it'd be also interesting to see how we can, you know, build on the app to incorporate things that could help people stay motivated. Without, you know, obviously the, having a coach is the. The best way to do it because they've got a much better understanding but what can we do within an app to help people you know yeah to do the things that we've talked about in a, in a you know useful way without it being annoying <laughs> actually i just watched the documentary on have you seen gcn plus i just watched the documentary on on that which is and it had the the um mark beaumont who cycled around the world in 80 days did you see that did you see that I've yeah, heard of him, but I haven't seen that. Unbelievable. Yeah, so 78 days, I think he did it, and 240 miles a day, like four hours sleep most days. Um, but it was interesting because one of the things on the motivation he had was when they were, you know, the support van was coming next to him, they were saying, are you okay, Mark? How's it going? And he, he sort of said, I really hate it. <laughs> when they say that, <laughs> it, that was demotivating because he was saying it didn't matter how I felt. He almost didn't want to admit how he felt, I don't think. He didn't want that question um, because he just wanted to get, get the thing done. 
And so when they asked him that, well, he's when he was going, you know, up a hill in a so some horrendous uh, circumstance, you know, weather, uh, it wasn't what he wanted. <laughs> so that was that was interesting. But then, you know, talk about motivation. I, to do that in 78 days is absolutely incredible. 240, I don't think I could, I mean, 240 miles, just doing it once in a day was is, is massive, yeah. isn't it? And to do it, it it's every that day. start, isn't it? It's when, you, when, you, when you're on the first couple of miles and you know where you've got to yeah. go, it's like, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. how can I get there? Yeah. But people do amazing things, don't they? People get this motivation from somewhere. Yeah. Um, I just one last put a story, I'll say, I, you put, I don't know whether you've got any as well, but I, I'm... Ironman Wales, and this was incredible. Um, while I'm waiting for the swim, there was a, a, a young uh, woman there, and I was talking to her, and she uh, had, uh, I don't know what the name of the, the uh, uh, disease was, but basically she had a very short intestine. So she had, a, she had to take food through a hole in her upper chest, and that's what she was gonna do during the bike ride. Wow. So rather than having a feed, she was going to do, do, do this thing. And she'd covered it up with a wetsuit and she was saying, well, I'm hoping I don't get infected on the swim as well. I was like, oh my God, I'm not worried that I'm going to be a bit achy or something, you know. Like <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and she completed, you know, a, an Ironman. Um, That's amazing. With that, with that. I never, but I never, I never found out her name and I've been trying to find that out. I'll, I'll do that one day, but yeah. yeah, just incredible. And you hear these incredible stories, don't you, on the start line sometimes of people who've, you know, what they've done to achieve just to get to the start line and then the event is almost actually uh, almost immaterial it's just a, it's all the effort that's got them there to begin with but brilliant thanks very much for the chat that was really good cool uh, and uh yeah so we'll think about what we're going to do with the next one in the next couple of weeks but thanks very much brilliant cheers cheers, cheers.